clone dance partiers, welcome back. This is Season 4, Episode 3, Sigmata of Progress. In this episode, Sarah needs to learn to sit and get help when she needs it. Kasima has two sisters and a niece to be very worried about. Allison really should invest in that jackhammer. Helena should have been the one helping Allison. Rachel learned to adapt. Charlotte is such a mini-me. And Ira isn't like those other caster boys. I'm Liz. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. I'm Matt. And I'm Nuke Chasten. I'm back. She's back. back. Hooray! Not a new chance. There we go. Yay, I'm serenaded <laughs> again. <laughs> All right. Back. Welcome back, Nutty. We're so happy to see you, hear you. <laughs> You're well, seeing I'm, me? I'm, back I'm, with I'm the camera. A, I'm seeing a lovely cartoon version of you. That's true. Uh, Who made that, by the way? I did. Well, good job, you. Next time you see yourself, compliment yourself on the job you did. <laughs> Pat nut myself on the bat back there. Yep. No, it's a, one of these things that I do. I do. I've actually done it for quite a few people. Um, it, for a while before we had like the fantastic art that we have on uh, Beyond the Wall, each of the hosts had uh, pop art made for them. Oh, cool. Uh, much like that, and made for them by me. Awesome. When I say made for them, it sounds like something else, but yeah, I made it for everybody. So it's a lot of fun. That's really cool. So we get to see Rachel in this episode and Charlotte. We get to learn more about the Neolutionists. And uh, we meet Felix's sister. Yeah. If, 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 Do if, we? That's, if that's her real name. Mm. Um, Her real name's Felix's sister because I can't remember what it is. Adele. Adele. There we go. Um, I kind of loved her. <laughs> I. Uh, she felt like shade of me. Yes, I agree. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, that's kind of who I thought it was at, at first. I, oh, I. I have such a crush on Kenzie, whatever her name is. So. Uh, um, I knew it wasn't her. <laughs> I think that she's just too easy. Um, oh, Felix's dad is dead, and that's why I found you. Because we're half-siblings, and I just... The whole thing was a little too... She's too much like Felix. Yeah, and Felix thinks it's so... You know, he lists all these things that they have in common, and I'm thinking, how easy would it be for a neolutionist to, like, find out what he likes and... Right? Like, I just... I felt the whole thing was too easy. Sarah was a total bitch about it. Yes. God, she yeah. was. I mean, granted, walking in and seeing someone you don't expect in your brother's house and that person, like, asking you if you're the drug dealer would put anybody on edge, I'm sure. But after that, like, Sarah couldn't just say, listen, I have this thing in my jaw or, you know, like, update him on what's going on and say, you know, spend time with your sister, call us when you, you know, whatever. Like, right. Um, she was like, okay, well, ditch that bitch and come save me. Um, she was, she totally played it absolutely wrong. And I think that that's going to make it worse because when it comes out, because I've decided that she's not really Felix's sister. <laughs> Just decided. Um, no, I pretty much decided at the moment we met her. I was like, yeah, that's not real. I was suspicious also. Um, that it's going to make it harder for Felix to go back to them. He's going to cling to his sister so much that even if her true colors come out, 
even if it starts looking like she's not really a sister, she's an illusionist, she's with Topside or what have you, that um, Felix is going to completely ignore it and not see it because of that blow up with Sarah. It's going to force him farther into Adele's arms and it's going to make everything really, really worse when shit hits the fan. Because shit's going to hit the fan a lot bigger and a lot later than if Sarah had supported him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, it does. It, and it shows how bad a parent that Sarah is. Because the thing is, when you're dealing with, um, when you're dealing with people, it, this is exactly the kind of thing that you just make them do exactly what you don't want them to do. And, um, you know, it's like if you have your kids and you're like, I don't like those kids you're hanging around with. I forbid you from seeing them. What's the first thing they want to do? They want to hang out with those other kids. Exactly. And uh, I'm very happy to see uh, S's uh, whole take on this. And she's telling Sarah we need to support him. Which Absolutely. I, I This I makes really like zero that. sense. That's Sarah. I, we know Sarah's been a little bit selfish, but I mean, come on. She's had a lot of stuff happen in her life that is that would make anyone kind of like uh, self-centered. Yes. All the, all, I mean, she's had like people trying to kill her. It's no wonder she's kind of self-centered. But to to be so dismissive of her brother is it just makes me sad for the character. Like, what are you doing to Sarah? You're you're making me dislike her. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, but also she just found out that she has a robo-slug or a robo maggot <laughs> in her jaw, and quite frankly, um, I had a robo-maggot in my jaw. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and pull rank. I'm gonna, yeah, I would, I would at least explain to Felix, like, okay, you met your sister, that's really, really cool, however... I have a robo-maggot in my jaw, and we need to get it out so it doesn't kill me or eat my brain or tell Neolution stuff about me or whatever it is. Uh, but, I mean, but what was she expecting him to do? I mean, like the last episode when she went to see him, she she did really need his help. She wanted to get into the club. But it wasn't clear to me what she expected him to help her with this time. She needed her partner in crime. She, as Felix yeah, but, said, she needed, she just right. needed her sidekick. That's literally all she needed was his support. She just needed that partner, which is why she eventually went to Art. Because Art's her backup partner. Um, she literally just needed to tell her brother, her best friend, I have a thing in my jaw. Yeah, well, then she should have done that. Oh, and I think yeah. from a practical point of view, she probably would have been better off going to Art at the beginning anyway. Yes, but Sarah doesn't always do practical. No, it's true, but it made her very unsympathetic. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of the theme of this season. <laughs> Sarah, unsympathetic. Um, but I kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of enjoying it. Um, mostly because I, I hope the end result is worth it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I hope so, because yeah, I don't like seeing it... characters I like making yeah. such bad decisions. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things they opened up in this episode that made me feel like, oh, no, this is going to be season three all over again with stuff 
I really don't like. Um, I, well, it, just seems, it just seems like they're trying to set her up as looking bad, you know. I, I think they're just trying to drive this wedge between them so that Felix has a reason to do these things. And it's yeah. all story. Um, and I, well, and we also got that cryptic weirdo stuff from Kira. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what's going on with her? Well, she's partly, I mean, she's growing up. So she's, you know, when, when you said, um, uh, Sarah's a bad parent, I mean, she was like not, <laughs> not handling Felix well and she wasn't handling Kira well either. No, not at all. She didn't even notice anything was off with her. And I, so they say Sarah has one, but Diane had Kira too, and they never actually said that they checked Kira. Right. No, they. I thought they did. I oh, mean, okay. They did at the beginning of last the last episode. They're trying to check her, and she's complaining. Mm. I mean, she's complaining that she's got you know she's got a flashlight in her mouth or whatever. Yeah. No, they never they never actually checked her. S pulled. Yeah, she pulled her fingers. She pulled out of her, her away. Mouth. It, uh, oh. She didn't have the flashlight in Kira's mouth. She only had a flashlight in her own mouth. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know that they've checked Kira, uh, but Kira's been a little psychic since before Diane had her. Right. Um, but this could be like uh, switching from her being a potential. Which, actually, same theory applies to more of a River Tam type situation where... Being activated? Yeah, she had she had that ability, and if she has the robo-maggot, and, like, the nurse, uh, like, the MK contact says, it's really close to your brain. It could have wiggled to Kira's brain and is now enhancing the small... Um, the small little bit of over empathy or psychic ability that she had, it could be over exaggerating it by screwing with her amygdala just to steal this entire theory from Firefly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't choose the amygdala because Firefly had that all wrong. I know, but I was just stealing the yeah. theory and trying to, so um, that could be because she looked like she was having a vision in this episode. Like, not just yeah. the normal, like, I well, don't really bad said feeling. what her vision was. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote in my notes a couple of times. I wonder if my quote can just be the various looks on Kasima's face throughout this episode. Because Kasima just has the be- best reaction faces in this episode to all the shit that's thrown at her. <laughs> Pick your favorite Kasima look. I, I, I have one. And we, we will discuss it when we get to that. Uh, topic, but um, like Kasima's just looking at her like, well, shit, everything else that she said has become some sort of true. I really don't want to have to set Sarah on fire. I kind of like her. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I'm poor Kira. She's She's got to be just about hitting puberty. Right. Or at least the actress is playing her is, because it's only been six months. You think? How old is she? Uh, how old is she supposed to be? She was... Kira's only supposed... I think in the first season, she's eight. Like, I think they say she's eight, and okay. it's only been, you know, six months to a year 
over the course of the seasons. It hasn't been four years like it has been for us and for that actress. Um, but yeah, at nine, I mean, she could be hitting the beginnings of. By the way, I'm totally feeling like Cersei all of a sudden talking about a young girl and when she's hitting puberty. So, I'm <laughs> have you bled yet? yet? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh no. Sorry, I've been. There's a lot of science happening about girls hitting puberty earlier right now that's come out. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, not all girls are hitting puberty earlier. No, that's yeah. absolutely true. I can I can tell you from um, my family experience that late puberty is still happening strong. And I can tell you from my family experience, it happens really fucking early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's yeah. so funny. I'm having friends and it's like, wait, already? And then with me, it was always like, not yet. <laughs> yeah. I was, the, I was the seriously, uh, we had to bring a note from my doctor when I was in fifth grade because my teacher wouldn't let me go to the bathroom whenever I needed because he didn't believe it was possible that I had already hit puberty. And that yeah. is terrible. My had the same problem. Yeah, no, he sucked. So we had to get a note from the from my doctor essentially saying, "Dude." Um, so, a few people in my family had to go to the doctor because it had happened. Yeah, I have friends like that, and they were like, "Uh, okay." So the actress is nine now. She's nine now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hmm. The actress who plays Kira. Wow. <laughs> She looks a lot older than nine. Yeah, she I does. was, I was going to say she was, I, I was going to say she, I thought she was 12. But and then I think again, that's the, um, the older, you know, like she's got those, that old soul look to her. And that's good. probably what's mm. confusing us. But mm. also, um, part of the reason I think everybody thinks that, like, for example, with myself, that I look so young is because I'm 30 years old. And if I were on TV, I'd be playing a 22 year old. That's true. <laughs> yeah, TV does distort what, like, the average, what, what, like, what we think a person looks like at a certain age. Yeah. As well as what uh, height is normal and what a body type is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, none of that's right. Like, like exactly. since we always go back to Buffy, uh, Charisma Carpenter was, like, 27. Yeah. When she started playing uh, Cordelia. Like, that is yeah, not and, what a high schooler looks like. Even and, a popular, maybe slightly mature high schooler. Well, and, and um, like, for instance, uh, oh, what's Darla's real name? Julie Benz. Yeah. Julie Benz, thank you. She auditioned for Buffy and, 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 and Cordelia and all these other roles because she thought, because she, she was still playing teenagers in teenager movies at that time, and she was definitely way too old to be playing a teenager. And then... Um, uh, what was it? Allison Hannigan and Sarah Michelle Geller were actually the closest to their ages. But and, they were still in their early 20s. Yeah. Well, they were still over 18 because it was, um, you know, they just didn't want to work with uh, people that you could only work so many hours a day. Well, and Bianca Larson, who played uh, Kendra. She doesn't age. No, she's a vampire. Mm. Ever. Yeah, she's, Ever. she's still she playing teenagers and in some of the show she's been in, she looks younger than when she was playing Kendra. Yeah. She 18 just, years she ago. does not age. I could probably play a teenager and I'm 35. Yeah. like I, I see people who are younger than me and I'm like, 
Really? I thought they were in their 40s. And they're like, no, they're like 28. It's usually like athletes. For some reason, athletes, they like age. They're all, I, guess, yeah. I don't know, maybe because they're all bearded and whatnot. And it's like, <laughs> well, they look like they're 44. They're younger than me. What? It's like 26. Yeah, um, so what? Sarah Michelle Geller was only 18 when she started. She yeah. was actually the youngest. I, I I thought it was Alison Hannigan, but it was her. Um, yeah, well, when I was working in schools, and this was a couple of years ago, so I'm probably way too old and haggard for this to happen now, but uh, I would get people asking me for hall passes and stuff, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm a teacher. <laughs> I'm dressed like a teacher. Why why do you think I'm a student? And um, there were times that it would happen in a middle school, and I was like, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I was getting my hair cut the other day, and the lady was telling me, oh, if I was your age when I started having kids, I may have had, like, four. She's like, but I started having kids at 31. I was like, yeah, that's my age. <laughs> she's like, oh, I thought you were, like, 22. And I'm like, no. And she's like, okay, now I have to ask, because my husband was with me, and he had just gotten his hair cut. She's like, how old is your husband? And I was like, he's 29. Oh, I thought you guys were, like, 20. I'm like, no, no, we're... <laughs> We're full-on grown-ups. It's okay. <laughs> when I first b- brought my husband home to meet the family, like, a bunch of them were like, he is way too young for you. And and we're only 13 months apart. I'm like, he's a year younger than me. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody does that with my husband and I. They're like, he looks like 19 and you look like 23. And, I'm like, oh. and then we have a friend who, like, when they got together, she looked like his mom, but she was actually younger than him. Awesome. Now they look about the same age. TV is so distorted the way we view age. Yeah. It really has. Which is my point about Kira, is that normally a nine-year-old would be played by a 12-year-old. Yeah. So we see someone who's actually nine and we think, oh, they're 12, because that's what television and movies have told us that that's what 12-year-olds look like, or nine-year-olds, whatever. But I think part of it is is that she isn't playing a stereotypical nine-year-old. She doesn't act like a what people think the nine-year-old exactly. acts like. Yeah, she acts mm-hmm. older. Uh, you know, She's definitely got the whole old soul thing going on for definitely. her. Yeah. One show that got the casting right for ages is Freaks and Geeks. Yes. yes. Like, like the way that Sam Weir looks is probably how I looked when I was in high school. Yep. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen someone on TV look how I looked in high school. Like, I see it in the memes now that are coming out that are like, when I was in high school, this is what kids look like. And now this is what they look like. And I'm like, no, that's TV. <laughs> like, teenagers still look like that. My sister-in-law is, is, is 20. She was only in high school two years ago. Even though she's very pretty and does her makeup very, very well, she still looks like she was 18. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. she's, like she still looks like she was a kid. That's not what teenagers look like now. That's what 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds who play teenagers look like. Um, but, uh... Okay, yeah, let's move on. From so the- as we <laughs> segue back into the episode, uh, I will say that the actress who plays the young girl, the young clone girl, what's her name? Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte doesn't look like she's aged much between when we last saw her and now. Yeah. Right. That's Maybe amazing. if I... Yeah, it is, unless we go back and watch her previous episodes, maybe if we did, we would see the difference. But in my memory, in my head, 
she looks about the same, which I thought was kind of remarkable. It, it may yeah. be that we really didn't see much of her. I mean, wasn't she just in two episodes, one or two episodes at the end of season two? And she wasn't in, in it at all last, it, well, until the very end. So we, we haven't seen her a lot. Uh, but yeah, she does look fairly similar to how she looked. Yeah. Um, Speaking of kids, we finally saw one of Alice's children. Oh yeah, it's they true. were in the we background. Can't... Yeah, they still oh. exist. Yay! Hey. Um, they haven't been murdered and put under the floor of the garage. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of leaky. <laughs> um. I liked Allison's. Well, what if we could procure that for you? <laughs> um, and Kasim was just like, I don't, I don't know. And then with the Skype, and Donnie's like, and then I really shot Aldous Leakey. Anyway. <laughs> it was a cold autumn night. Yeah. <laughs> Long story things, short, they shot the hell out of him. <laughs> like, oh my God, Donnie. I love how Donnie's trying to find like a, a a way to break the news, and he's terrible. And Allison yeah. has no patience. She's like, "Would you just tell her?" <laughs> like, and he could have been like, "I was telling him that I wanted him to leave all of us alone, and I slammed my hand down. Oh, there was a gun in it. Anyway, the gun went off. Like, he could have like explained that it was an accident, and he didn't just like barrel to the head." But poor Kasima, she's like, you killed Aldous Leakey? <laughs> yeah, but the way he does it is he uses passive voice. He like, you know, things happen, you know. Yeah. Were, <laughs> shots were fired, you know. Yeah, things happen <laughs> anyway. So he's been under our garage. Because that, for me, that that, that Kasima face, that just, I, what, I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine this show without Donnie and Allison. Oh, my God. I love Donnie so much. And then Allison's like, so somebody has to get his head because it's gross. Because you, when we met Allison, you think, you actually think she's going to be married to somebody like the dude she slept with, right? The the guy she slept with in the back of the minivan. Right. Yeah. And she's not. She's with Donnie. And I love him so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. Me too. It's interesting. He's actually made my love for Allison stronger. Mm. Yes, because he's a good person and he puts yeah. up with her. So therefore, you feel like there must be something that's redeemable about about Allison. Exactly, yeah. and, and it's the way he deals with her, the way he deals with Helena, it's it's so great. It's a kindness that he has. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, he's not you know he's a little immature. He's kind of dumb. Of a, Kind of dumb, but there's a sweetness to him, which is very likable. And it was very funny listening to my co-hosts back when Bob was hosting the podcast and everyone was a newbie to hear them kind of not like Donnie so much. And to, you know, but... So to grow into our love of Donnie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and to think about, well, you know, even in the first season, you didn't quite grasp yet how how great Donnie was, but... yeah. That sort of growing realization that he's such a, a nice person is was very satisfying as a as a veteran viewer listening to my newbie co-hosts at the time. Yes, he is. My I've I've really grown to to love uh, to love Donnie. What's I, his I original love... last name again? I forgot. It was something awful. 
It was great. Like dumps, 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 or stubs, or <laughs> stubs. I think it was. Yeah, no, no, that's no, Sarah's that's... name. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Um, oh. oh yeah. Know. It was. It was something like dubs or dumb or. Look it up. We'll look it up. Anyway, um, <laughs> when Donnie was pretending that Helena was Allison and having to be her husband, um, and Allison was around the corner listening, uh, that that really made her jealous. Yeah. Um, and I think it made her jealous because she understands how uptight and cold she is. And someone like Helena, who is a trained assassin, as we have heard once again. Uh, But Helena is a little doofy. And um, even though she is a trained assassin, she's a lot more calm and kind of open. And I think that that... um, That Chubbs. Chubbs. Because I knew it had something to do with what the mom called him because she called him Mr. Chubbs and we thought she was talking about his physical stature. Right. And so it, um, (laughs) and so I think that that makes Allison jealous that she could lose Donnie to someone who is so very like her, but also so very different. And it's so sad that she thinks she could actually lose Donnie. Because He's totally there for her. Right. Oh, absolutely. It has nothing to do with her fate. Like, that that's the thing that kills me. And that's probably why she's such a control freak is because uh, she's so insecure. Yeah. But the fact mm-hmm. that he is all there, she has nothing to worry about, and yet she still feels threatened. Uh, wasn't it this last episode that we were talking about the people who feel the most threatened are the people who would? And we know that yeah, Allison and she has exactly. Yeah. Last episode, yeah. I think Nettie was the one who brought that up as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think that she sees how Donnie is with Helena, and Donnie is very much a big brother with Helena, but Allison takes that differently she doesn't see it as him trying to protect her like the way a big brother would she sees well he's protective of her because he's attracted to her because he likes her or whatever um and i think that that really scares allison yep do you think that if they hadn't gone through such extreme events in their lives that donnie would still be with allison because my my feeling is that because he killed out all this leaky and they cover up the, the murder and and all that, that it's almost like there's this bond that, that they have that no one else could ever re- replicate therefore it it strengthens their marriage but if they never had that um i think could he still be with her because she, at the time before she learned about her you know who she was she was kind of mean to him um i think that allison originally married donnie for two reasons one she could control him. <laughs> and two, it pissed her mother off. And um, after seeing Allison with her mom and the type of relationship they have, Allison would gnaw off her own arm to stay with Donnie to continue to piss her mother off. 
so yes, I think that Allison would stay with Donnie, even if they didn't have all these crazy life bonding experiences. Um, out of spite and to prove her mother wrong. Yes, but would Donnie stay with Allison? Yes. Because I'm not sure. I'm because, not sure. Because Donnie absolutely loves her. And it's kind of hard to prove a negative, so I don't know if we could... I don't know. I have this hunch that this brought them closer together. Oh, well, I absolutely. think that this brought them closer together, but I think that J- Donnie has always loved Allison. And I don't think Allison is only with Donnie because, out of spite for her mom. I think that's a mitigating oh, I, factor. But I think that there's definitely, there was always real love. And I don't think that they would have ever broken up. But I think because of these events, it's actually strengthened their marriage. And they've been able to connect in ways that they never could before because they were never truly honest with one another. But I can see somebody similar to Allison giving Donnie sort of more kindness than he ever could mm-hmm. have gotten with Allison, causing him to, I don't know, have an affair or or at least start to think about maybe his relationship with his wife is not as strong as he thought it was or he hoped that it would be. It has again. It's hard to hard to you know speculate, but. Yeah, well, it's always difficult to say, you know, what would have happened if these different events didn't happen. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to do that. Yeah, so it's pointless wasting any time. Sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to, <laughs> no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. Didn't mean to pad the podcast any longer than it already is. Um, but that's why people love us. It's fine. Um, okay. So, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Janice. All right, well, I was just going to bring up the fact that um, I think, well, I certainly thought that, um, Beth had killed the um, the union steward guy, but he's still alive. Yeah, but maybe so she, who did she who did she kill? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, or, that's or right. Even it, whether or maybe the person isn't actually dead, but the person is. But she there's there was blood on her hand. So whose blood is it? So, um, I'm hoping it's just another clone. <laughs> that's the real body and not Beth's body, but I know that makes Matt mad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I bring it up. Mad? No, not mad. Not not mad. Yeah, but you but you did that that kind of anger giggle that we all kind of like. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. Oh, you're like oh my god, not again, giggle. I, I like it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't kill the steward, so she could have maybe roughed him up, but I think we would have seen some sort of, like, if she had shot him, there would have been some sort of, like, limp or weird arm movement as, like, a, yes, this is the person that she took the big gun to. Um, but and she also could have been trying to save a dying clone. Could be, yep. Um... So, or, you know, she could have met Katya, and Katya was already ca- coughing up blood. And she could have, you know what I mean? So, um, or Helena could have killed a clone in front of her. Hmm. Because Helena was killing clones, and Beth right. could have been trying to save the clone. Right. And she saw that someone was coming after them. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that it could have been. Right. So that was... One thing that was intriguing. Um, the other thing that was intriguing was how exactly how 
was it that Charlotte was able to get a message out? She is taking internet classes. She has a computer. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, so speaking of Charlotte and Rachel, I had another, oh my god damn it, moment. Um, so far, three episodes, I've had two of them before the opening credits. Or right near the opening credits. So I'm going to see how many episodes this season gives me a damn it moment. Of this episode, it was when Ira was doing the pigment thingy to Rachel's mm-hmm. eye. Because mm-hmm. first of all, eye stuff freaks me the hell out. But he does it, and it makes the pretty swirls, and then the episode starts, and it's the intro. The yeah. swirls in the intro yeah. are Rachel's eye shit, and I, mm. like... I love that. I thought that was the coolest thing. I, I I normally hate eye stuff, too, but as soon as it started swirling, I'm like, that's the opening credits, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then it starts, and I'm like, I was right. It is the opening credit. Yeah, oh, that's I, really cool. I didn't notice. Yeah, I went, I went, oh, my God. God damn it. And my husband comes walking down the stairs and goes, what this time? <laughs> <laughs> this time. And uh, I was like, right, uh, never mind. So do what you were doing. We'll watch the episode later, and I'll goddamn it again. <laughs> like... I, oh my god! It, <laughs> it's like how many of these am I going to have this season? It's only three episodes in, and I've had two. Uh, but yeah, eye stuff freaks me out, though okay. not as much as Leaky's head. Like that, I think I have half a page of notes that's just gross, gross, no, ew, ew, gross, no, 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 gross. It's like that's all it is for that scene. Well, if I stuff I stuff freaks you out. Don't watch the latest episode of Deadwood that we just covered. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's pretty bad, but I was still able to watch it, and I have I problem. Um, <laughs> I've had my eye cut before, so it's it just it really freaks me out. Hey, so have I. Yeah. A kid, you know, a kid took put the corner of a folder into my eye, like a laminated folder in school. It went into I my had eye. A quarter. And I had a and I had to go into to the eye doctor and had a patch on the eye. You know the whole thing. Oh my God. Did it cause a blood clot? I don't remember. I was young. I know oh, it was I, painful. For me it, it caused a blood clot and I wasn't allowed to get out of bed for a week because they were afraid the blood clot was clot was going to travel to my brain. You win. Yeah, you win. <laughs> And um, I didn't know that until I was an adult. And I'm like, that's why I couldn't get out of bed. I wish oh. I knew it was so serious. <laughs> um, yeah, I my cousin had little baby claws. And if she had bent her finger, she would have pulled part of my pupil out. Nice. And so not only did I have a patch, but they put a plaster of Paris like cast over that side of my face. And I was already really not cool in fourth grade, so I just <laughs> didn't go to school because you can't make me. Um, and then in high school, somebody threw a paper ball at me and cut my other eye. Oh, nice. So you got it doubly so. And so then my doctor was like, here's a Band-Aid to put on it. And it was the same color as my skin. Mm-hmm. So it looked like half my face had melted. Nice. <laughs> and my teachers wouldn't let me wear sunglasses. So then Why I the hell not? So then I went home again. I was like, Greg can wear a hat because he's balding at 15. Ooh, Greg. Well, Greg is going to have problems later in life. You know, can I I I swear on this podcast? Wait, can I swear on this podcast? Fuck you, Greg. 
You're actually, a jerk. No one liked you. Actually, Greg is a sweetie. I actually really oh, love Greg. You no, <laughs> Greg was actually a sweetie. It was the teachers who just, you know, like, Greg can wear a hat because he's going bald and he's embarrassed. My face looks like it's melted off and you won't let me wear sunglasses. <laughs> Teachers are stupid. It was the You're, teachers, not fuck Greg. you, teacher. Yes. So <laughs> actually, I just the, actually again. the teacher was a sweetheart, he, and she's here right now. <laughs> no, no, that teacher not a sweetheart. So I just went home again. I just went to a teacher who liked me's class, and I used his phone and called my mom and saw him meet you out front. <laughs> I'm not doing this. She's like fourth grade all over again, huh? Yep, come get me. <laughs> but yeah, so I stuff really freaks me out. Uh, but the stuff about her eye was really interesting. Um, the fact that she has the first cybernetic eye. Um, actually, all the Rachel stuff is really interesting. She's been in her terrarium yes. for six weeks without any contact from Dun- from Professor Duncan. Um, she's been dealing with Ira, who was used to replace her when she wouldn't. Uh, when everything went south. Um. And then, so I have a question. Um, At the beginning, um, uh, Rachel makes this comment to him that she's talking about the other caster clones, and she says, at least they're men. What does she mean by that? Well, she brings it up. It's brought up again later. I'm pretty sure it means that he's castrated. Yeah. Okay. Because don't don't they say castrated caster? Yeah, they, there was yeah. Really, yeah. I miss that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why he he's not a danger because he can't transmit the virus because he's been castrated. Yep. Okay. Why he's as big as all the other guys? Uh, that's another story. Uh, Let's suspend our disbelief. Yeah. Ew. Boy. Um. Sounds like Matt doesn't want to suspend mm. disbelief about this. <laughs> To I me, think Matt doesn't want to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, to me, he didn't look as big as the other ones, but it was probably because he was in the white, very unassuming type garb. Um, but he, to me, he looked um, thinner. He was probably chemically castrated. And probably castrated as an adult or older, not pre-puberty. Because, yeah. I, because I don't think they, they – there's no way they could have known about the virus before they started having sex. Oh, so, okay. They had some um, eyes in on uh, Castor somehow. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, um, they couldn't have known uh, – Duncan couldn't have known about the Castor virus until the Castor boys started being sexually active. Okay. Uh, because the they're they were probably made to shoot blanks, not be completely castrated, but shoot blanks at least. I in, thought in I thought way, the virus was planned among the casters. I thought that was part of the project that she had actually because she because all right, female Duncan, female Professor Duncan, yes, was in charge, continued to work, and was in charge of the caster project. And I thought, and I could be wrong, but I thought that they were meant to have that virus. It was meant to be a method of biological warfare because it was something for the military, and that's why the military had Castor clones. Right. Uh, But then why was Cody trying to solve it? No, Cody was trying to solve the problem of them dying because they had their own issues. So the Lita clones 
their reproductive issue is that they can't have kids. And that's also tied to the fact that they end up with this thing with their lungs and it ends up killing them. The caster clones, their reproductive thing is the fact that they infect, infect the people that they sleep with. And um, the side effect with is the that brain virus it, thingy. Yeah, it, it messes up their brain and it's a brain virus and ends up killing them and making them uh, lose their sanity. Did it okay. kill Gracie? I don't remember. Yes. It did. No, Gra- no, no, they, no, they cured her. No, they cured her because they, oh, they, they were able to catch her. Um, what was the exact phrasing of the of this castration thing? I of Ira. I Ira his name is Ira, was, right? Yeah, yeah Ira, they Ira. said uh, castrated caster clone is something that Rachel said to Duncan. I wonder if it's a more metaphorical thing in his case, where he's not castrated in the sense that he can't, you know, reproduce or whatever, or has no sex drive, but that he's not what they made him to be. So well, therefore, yeah, he, was, he was raised um, separately since he wasn't raised in the army to be hyper aggressive. So um, therefore, he may, they call him castrated because he's not what the other his brothers were engineered to be. Therefore, right. they view him as castrated, but it's not what we think of as castrated. I, I it's possible, but I think that that would be cheating. I think they're definitely leading us to believe. And I wouldn't be surprised if, as you said, Matt, that it's chemical castration and that's just a way that they've been dealing with it. And then that would explain why he's, you know, the same size as his siblings, which, again, I can suspend my disbelief because it's the same actor playing them all. Um, But that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Matt. Right. (laughs) We broke we broke the veil. Um, But that um, chemical castration, you know, wouldn't change your size. Um, But like that physical castration might and actually I think that would be a lot more humane because you wouldn't have other complications if it's just well it's in keeping with the science of the show that it would be chemical yeah whereas I I kind of like like, that idea yeah like Game of Thrones it's like yeah we take their balls because that's what they had back then they had a hot knife so boom castrated and they love to bring it up it's it's chemical yep and so um, yeah castrate Chemical castration makes sense, um, and I, I do think it would have been as an adult. I don't think that um, Duncan, because he is. Well, it could have been done as a child, and it would they'd still have the same uh, development. True, um, but I also think that even though um, Ira's been self-aware his whole life, he's been raised as the experiment by Duncan. I still think that Duncan. Um, she has a different relationship with Ira than she ever had with Rachel. I think that she would have considered Ira more of a son and would have let him help make that decision. See, I have an issue with that because I don't think that she's able to care about anyone in a a, a, a really family way like that. And she even talks about that when she's talking to Rachel. And, you know. I think I think that was a I think that was bullshit to try and get Ra- <laughs> to get Rachel on her side. I'm sorry, is Lynette still here? Yes, Lynette. Is, somebody is mowing. Oh, I see. So, so she, Somebody's mowing the lawn, so I'm on mute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lynette did, uh, in the chat, bring up a good point. Uh, baby Charlotte seems to have clone sumption. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. the youngest to get it. Yep. Well, okay, so... That we know. We learned that 
um, Charlotte is Rachel's mini-me, specifically. She was cloned from Rachel, not from the original. Wait, wait, wait. Did anybody else think of that movie, Multiplicity? And it's like, you know when you make coffee from a coffee? Yes. <laughs> Hi, Steve. I, I was just about to reference that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they went through 400 trials. Yeah. Before they got to Charlotte. And all of them died, either in utero, stillbirth, shortly after they were born. None of them survived. Um, and then Charlotte survived, and she has the bum leg, which doesn't bother her, which pisses off Rachel. <laughs> um, but it would make sense that she would get it younger because she is the copy of a copy. She's not mm-hmm. from the original. Yeah. Um, and I think when Rachel realized, when Rachel found out that Charlotte was cloned from her specifically, she immediately was like, well, I have to protect this. It's me. Yeah. Um, and then when she saw the blood, um, I think if Rachel could walk, there would have been a Charlotte over her shoulder as she like punched Duncan in the face (laughs) and, and, and kicked Ira in the kneecaps and walked out. I um, think uh, the relationship between Rachel and Charlotte is really touching, actually. I, I think this too. is the first time we actually see Rachel care about another person. Yeah. In, and it's genuine feelings. Like, Ferdinand was her plaything, and Leaky, she had an attachment to him because it was the one person she knew most of her life, but she didn't care about him in the way that I really do think that she cares about Charlotte. I don't think she's just using Charlotte. I mean, sure, she's oh, I don't think manipulating she, her. but Yeah, I think she actually cares for her. Yeah. Um, for me, that was apparent, apparent from the very beginning. And that, I think, is what's going to redeem Rachel for the yes. audience. I think, I think, I think that her, her love of uh, Charlotte is what is going to get her back with her sister's. And get her on our team. Team clone? Yeah. Um, I think that that's, what's gonna, that's how it's going to happen, is she's going to do it to rescue Charlotte, to save Charlotte. Um, and I do think there's going to be some comments about, um, now you get everything Sarah did for Kira. Because <laughs> Sarah might not always be the best mom, but when push comes to shove, she's not letting anybody hurt her kid. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um, Rachel will, Rachel and Sarah will come to some sort of understanding when Rachel, when Sarah comes back into the fold too, because she's going to eventually. Because um, she's the star and she can't be, she's the lead of the show. She can't be hated forever. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really think that that's what's going to bring Rachel into into the group, into the sisters. Um, and Rachel's even started referring to them as her sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that if you asked Allison or Sarah or Kasima, they would immediately go with that. Maybe begrudgingly, but um, I think that her love of Rachel is what's going to get get her to the uh, the basement hideout. Whose love of Rachel? Her Wait. love of Charlotte. Sorry. Oh, her love of Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> And going through my notes, I realized I have no idea how to spell Charlotte because I spelled it about 15 different ways and none of them look right. 
Oh, <coughs> and we learn about Sarah's maggot. She has an ultrasound done on her cheek. Yes, and they keep calling it a bot, and so it's a bot. And 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 uh, Kasima says, "I don't think it's tracking you." So that answers a question we talked about last week. Yeah, I don't think it's tracking her either. It's uh, very gross. Yes. Um, but I like. I like how Cosimo was trying to walk the line between science nerd and compassionate sister. Yeah. Because she really wanted to nerd out about this cool maggot thing, but also sister is freaked out. Well, and, and if you notice, like, Cosimo's like, huh, that's interesting. And, and Sarah's all, wait, 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 what's interesting? What's interesting? And Cosima is able to read the room and is able to calm Sarah down. Unlike the sonogram giver last week. Yeah. And talking about twins. She yeah. Couldn't read the room there, could she? No. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, I love watching Cosima walk the line of trying to be like, no, everything's cool. And oh my God, I want to cut this out of your face and dissect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Helena got to talk to Sarah. Yeah, that was, like, the best part of the whole Like, show. I almost cried. <laughs> so cute. Pregnancy makes me cry at everything, but, like... Pregnancy does not make me cry, uh, but uh, that whole thing, it, it you know... Uh, no, being pregnant. Being oh, pregnant I see. <laughs> makes me cry. I do at, know like, some everything. people who cry at anything revolving around pregnancy, so... No, um. it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't that they, that she was pregnant, although, I mean, that kind of factored into it. It was just the the tender moment between the two yeah. of them that I was just like, oh. And and honestly, I think um, Sarah on the phone with um, Helena, it's the only time we've seen Sarah actually care about someone and not be selfish. Yeah. Um, throughout the entire season, at least, I, I think, at least this episode, but I think the season, Sarah has been on one primary goal and it's been a very selfish goal. I mean, yeah, it involves her sisters at the same time, but it's very selfish. And this was the first time she showed any genuine concern or care for anyone else outside of herself. I mean, she hasn't even done that to her own child. Yeah. And when Sarah's like, oh, meathead, uh, you just want to, like, go, there you go, Sarah, you're a person. Yeah. (laughs) No, when she said, oh, meathead, I was like, oh, I'm tearing up. Why am I? It's not even a big thing. (laughs) Stupid being pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> but that's the thing like and and that is I think it's so huge I mean it, it's a very big thing for Helena but that shows us that there is a person inside of Sarah and Sarah needs to really realize that these people around her are not just vessels to be used yes there are people she needs to care about them yes she doesn't care about them what's the point of saving them correct um, and we got to see Helena with her most perfect partner <laughs> food yes eating of the eggs mm-hmm. i thought she handled the police perfectly um uh, yes i love how donnie was just completely scared and he tried answering for her and the way the cops were responding to him all i could think is they're sitting there going oh my god it's a mail order bride and and he's such a jerk and they had this whole idea of who he was not thinking that it was what what it, it was. actually was, yeah. yeah. And 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 then she's just like, oh, so it was this person and this person and this person. 
<laughs> like, and honestly, it like either one of them could have at any point said, I'm sorry, my wife is pregnant. She's, you know, starting to suffer from pregnancy yeah. brain. And it totally would have been a legit cover. Yep. Um, yeah. Except for when they came back to talk to the real Allison, if she wasn't pregnant, they'd have to explain that, right? She could pretend. Oh, that's true. Hello. Hey, <laughs> hey hi. Speaking of the cops, the um, the female cop is a Canadian actress that I recognized from Millennium back in 1996. She was in the season one episode, The Judge. She played a female worker, and according to the uh, to the IMDb credits, this was her second uh, a second film credit. But a, a foot goes through the um, like mail processing like conveyor belt, and she sees it on like a like an X ray screen or whatever, and she goes foot. And I only bring this up because this actress is known by no one except for me and her, probably her parents that, that I saw her, like, what is this, 15 years ago on, on Millennium, and I can recognize her instantly. She has very distinct features and hair. And you're a huge nerd, and you love yes, Millennium. That, that is my point. <laughs> and I love, yeah, I love Millennium. So, And we love that you're a huge nerd. We do. Yeah, Millennium Intro Cast coming in like five years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> People are going to be like, Matt, why are you doing a podcast? That's no longer a thing, man. <laughs> oh yes. We we haven't done podcasts since we got VR. Exactly. Um, My name is Kirsten Alter. All right. That's. <laughs> So, um, a little funny thing. When we first uh, see Donnie and Allison, or hear them, uh, it's, I need to go deeper. <laughs> and then when they're in the hole, it's lots of, <sighs> and grunting. Um, and I'm so sad for them. With all the vocal innuendo, they didn't get to have any of the vocal stuff. I I I had so much fun with all of that, but mostly I had fun with the fact that Donnie was like ready to lose his lunch constantly, which is <laughs> which that. is why Allison should have had Helena help because Helena has an iron freaking stomach. She, Helena would be like Scully; she'd be like eating chicken while excavating the corpse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, "This is no big deal. Watch out, I get. I take care of this. You go look after Bibbis." Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think that whole Donnie and Allison the puking stuff should be like one quote. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. Um. But yeah, so Beth knew a butt ton. Yeah. Holy crap, Beth. Um, and I think I know why. Uh, Lake Kasima has said that Sarah reminds her of Beth, it's because Sarah doesn't tell you when she knows shit either. Yeah. Um, and so they both have, but none of the clones do. Like, nobody shares everything. 
Which, I mean, it would make for, like, the entire show being over in an episode if everybody sat down and actually <laughs> said everything that they know. Um, but the biggest conflict in this show is that they don't freaking tell each other anything. So much would be solved if Sarah told people where she was going, if Beth had told people what they knew, if MK knew, said what she knew, if Kasima wasn't hiding stuff, if Helena told them about the babies or the eggs. Um, like, everybody would know everything, and they would actually be able to have a plan. But no. Everybody has to keep secrets and be dumb. Um. Yep. So, Beth's secret. She finds the clinic with the dental implants. Yeah. And, uh. Okay, yeah. so I just have to quick poll. How many people were as faked out as Sarah? Oh, God. How many people thought you could trust Blondie? Anyone? I think I did. Yeah, I think I trusted her. I totally did until she stuck something in the worm. Yeah, well, and then with that thing in her mouth, and I've got this real thing about dentists because I've had a lot of dental work, and that happened, I thought, like, she's totally vulnerable now, you know, and then I got really funny. Yeah, no, I didn't trust her at all, and I was about to make the comment. Of wow, Sarah, you're really you're really losing your edge because how the fuck could you trust her? But apparently, <laughs> other people did. I did not trust her. I was like, why are you trusting her? So Matt, did you trust her or not? You know what? I can almost say that Sarah had a good excuse for bringing Felix to this thing. <laughs> like, yeah, she needed backup, and she yep. and, and she doesn't have it. <clears throat> her sisters obviously can't go with her. So mm-hmm. who would she bring? But Felix, Mrs. S. Mm-hmm. She really. Oh, Mrs. She S. Was, would have called that bitch out immediately. She should have brought Mrs. S. But you know, she, someone has to stay with Kira as well. That's what but, Auntie yeah. is for. True. Okay. Yeah. She should have taken Mrs. S. Because uh, no, I didn't really. Or know Art. What this was either about. one of them. Art. Art would have been fine. Yeah. Either well, one of those I, two would have been like, why Why are you trusting her? As soon as well, she, she thought she was Beth, I thought you could trust her. And as and that was the thing. As soon as she thought she was bought. Beth, I was like, you cannot trust her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that she's really desperate to get that thing out of her mouth, and she might have not made the best judgment. Absolutely. And she, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Um, she hasn't slept since she got back from... Iceland? Greenland? Iceland, yeah. And now she has not brushing her teeth, so that puts you in a real sour mood and not thinking clear. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also, if she really hadn't slept in that long, she'd be hallucinating by now. Um, So she's at least had catnaps. Yeah, but not enough. Um, But tetradoxin is the stuff uh, that's in the the thing. Um, Has anybody looked up to see if that's real or not? No, no, that's your job. My yeah. bad. Um, <laughs> um, hang on. I thought you would know without having. To yeah, it's it real. Up. It's, it's a real, real thing. It sounded real, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's what should, it comes from pufferfish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I oh, know what it is. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. The neurotoxin. It'll kill you. Yep. Yes. Yes, it will. Oh. I was never so happy to see Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. Oh I could not believe I, I was happy to see Ferdinand. You know what? 
I was I was very happy to see Ferdinand. So I I know I started gotten over what he did to Tara, so I don't know. So um I was sick. Are you talking about True Blood? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. James Frain I mean, sometimes actors appear in shows and they are so abhorrent to me that when I see them in other things I cannot disassociate myself from their from where I originally saw them, which is why I call it the Jeremy Sisto effect because (laughs) I hated I hated the character of Billy on Six Feet Under. So yeah, I hated James Frain. But I knew him first from May, so I always think of him as that character. Mm. Yeah, James yeah. Frain on True Blood. What he did to Tara, awful. Hate yeah, him. Can't stand him. I'm so glad that I stopped watching True Blood because I freaking love Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I, I definitely have char- characters and actors. He's a good actor. He's a really good actor. He just plays some really bad. He parts. is. Yeah. So I was sick this weekend, the last end of last week and the whole weekend. And I was talking with Lynette, and she's like, oh, I'm going to go watch, you know, uh, Orphan Black. I keep wanting to say Clone Dance Party, by the way. For some reason in my head, the name of the show is Clone Dance Party. Me too. Um, (laughs) And um, so then I watched the, I was like, oh, I can watch that tomorrow when I'm sick. And then I ended up staying up all night and watching it because I couldn't sleep because I was sick. And then I wrote my feedback in, and (laughs) this is like, "Uh, you know you're on this episode, right? (laughs) (laughs) So my note is, I find it odd that I'm happy Ferdinand is back. Now let's bring Delphine back. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, all of that just to explain that I want Delphine too. <laughs> yeah, every time I see Paul on TV, I get a little irritated because they're not talking about Delphine enough and way too much about Paul. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Although I'm glad we didn't see Paul. Yes, well, we should be I'll so be- done with him. Is his name still in the credits? I, I think it wasn't, so. wasn't this episode. Oh, okay, good. I, okay. You know, they, okay. they I put was, Ari Millen in the credits this episode. That's I true. was just... so obsessed with the eye thing that I, that's like, I just, I think. That's all you saw. Yeah, that's all I saw. It just really took over for me. Oof. Awesome. <clears throat> um, but yeah. Um, so, during... Duncan's conversation with Rachel. I had seriously had to run through all the clones' names in my head. Um, Do it quickly right now. No. Who are all the clones? Um, Go. Allison, Sarah, Cosima, Rachel. Those are the important ones. Helena. Oh, um, I got to. We got Helena. I did, but I got to Rachel first. That's why. Uh, but I kept wanting to call her Allison. Um, when Duncan is talking to Rachel. Tony. Um, she says yep. that my curse is detachment and that we need to do this for the greater good. Uh, Rachel says, what is the greater good? To control evolution. So essentially, evolution is eugenics. They, oh, want, yeah. they want to create a master race. Well, and let's not forget last season, they talked about how Dyad was tied to the eugenics being yes. done in Canada. And yeah. that is a very real thing that was happening. Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, we were is. sterilizing uh, developmentally disabled people. Um, that was also Canada. happening in England. Oh, yeah. And a little bit in America, not as much as it was in Canada and England. Um, well, there, there was also the what we can tie to the States is the whole MK Ultra thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but they are a eugenics movement that just went underground um, and continued. Yeah. And and 
And that's the thing, like, Dyad is this fictional company in this show, but they tied it to actual things that were yep. happening. Hmm. MK and, Ultra, and there's a character named MK? Yes, and they even referenced it, I think. Uh, did they reference it? Or maybe it was something in the after show. I think it was in the after show. Yeah, where it was. Uh, AJ Fry asked, asked Tatiana, oh, is that because of MK Ultra? And she's like, oh, what's that? Yeah. She was like, the writers are really smart. <laughs> I play a character. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an actress. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the outright ad, 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 um, admittance um, that it's a eugenics program, yeah. I think, is really, really important. And also, uh, speaking of MK, MK is officially sister status. Um, Sarah okay. referred to MK as sister more than once. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think once... Sarah realizes someone's a clone, they're her sister. Like, I think she even thinks of Rachel as a sister. It's just a yeah. sister she's not getting along with right now. Yeah. Or, in her mind, probably ever. But, mm. but yes. Um, so, I think that's all my notes. Um, oh, back to Ferdinand. I totally think he's there to help. Well, I think he's there to help, but for his own purposes. I think once he realized that Neil Lucian was the one backing all of the dyad stuff and the topside stuff. He hates Neolution and I think he will help help the girls to bring him down bring that down. Yeah, Vernon is totally an enemy of my enemy is my friend person. Yep. Yeah. Um I have a couple of notes. Uh so Felix is doing his makeup like Helena now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well that also could just be because he was so high if he had to put a number on it. Very, but it was we... very much makeup. It was yeah, not. Yeah. It was. It was. It was clearly like it was shiny and metallic, uh, but it was red. Um, I know he's happy about finding his family, but I'm very afraid he's going to get hurt. And I really want to know more about his mom because his conversation with his sister, maybe sister, um, at the skate park was. Um, they were they were talking, and it just made me think that there's something special about Felix's mom. She was a dancer. Hmm. Okay. Was that the conversation? Okay. Dad was an American, went to London, slept with a dancer, went home to his wife. Yeah. Hmm. But there's more to that. And and Felix can't really remember her, and there's all of that. So he, it makes me realize that he was not brought into foster care at a at a baby. You know, he was not older. So that. I think is very important. Um, and the other note that I have is that I love Hell Wizard's Beholder shirt. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but his shirt was awesome. It was a Beholder, which is this creature from D&D with um, basically it's this big giant ball. It's a big eyeball with a bunch of uh, tendrils that have eyeballs on them. And they're one of the hardest things to fight. And they're really awesome. And I have a little model on my desk and uh, his shirt was awesome. Uh, no, did not notice I that. I didn't notice that, but I've never played D&D. All the D&D ge- geeks are screaming and everyone else is like, yeah, and all the other, other people are like, you're such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are, but I say it totally yeah. lovingly. Um, and I'm actually kind of jealous that I didn't get that reference because I've always wanted to play D&D, but I don't have anybody who I can play with. <laughs> well, maybe when you... Are not having children, and because we know you won't have time when you actually have the child, maybe one day we'll do a Skype game. Yay! 
That would make me happy. Um, I've never played either, so. Oh, so you, instead of D&D, then I would just gather all of you and we'd play uh, Orphan Black. <laughs> 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 I'd just make a D20 about Orphan Black and that would be hey, super fun. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, does anybody else have any notes? Oh, I think that's it. Mm. I did. I did. Like you said, I did notice that their makeup, and I was really, these makeup was really something different. It was really, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I feel like she is is trying really hard for what's her name, Adele. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's trying really hard for Adele, mm. and um, that it just makes me sad that he's going to get hurt. Um, I, they very subtly mentioned how they found each other, by the way, which is an actual thing that you can do. It's, you can get these genetic testing and you can put yourself in a database. And it's something that I know a couple of adopted people who have done and with the hope of finding, uh, siblings. And I know someone in my family who it's, they didn't have to get genetic testing, but um, they, uh, because of a sperm donor, they basically, there's a database for that, and so far no other siblings have registered for the database to find out if there were others paid from okay. the same sperm donor. What was it called? Gene, gene Connection, right? Yeah. That's the one that Felix and um, Adele referenced. Yeah, they mentioned Gene Connection. I think w- because it's not like a, an official one, there's Ancestry.com, and then there's like, 23andMe, which actually has gotten really scathing reports, by the way, but there's like Ancestry.com and there's a bunch of other things that you can do and you can register your genes online if you're adopted to try to find other people in your family. Oh, interesting. And it's a total voluntary thing, which is actually kind of cool for like a lot of people, especially with like closed adoptions, you have no way of really tracing those roots or finding anyone else in your family. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of neat. I, we are the, living in the future. With the Ancestry.com, when I've done that, mm-hmm. they don't actually match you genome to genome because I got no hits that I have any family on Ancestry.com when I know half my family's on Ancestry.com. <laughs> um, but they match you. What they do is they um, they test your genetics for uh, markers from certain regions. So they'll okay. they'll set you up with people who have similar... DNA patterns from certain regions. Um, and so there have been people who have complained saying, oh, well, you know, my my grandma is half German and it says I'm not any German. Okay, well, her husband wasn't any German. And your yeah. other parents were no German. Uh, like, for me, my grandmother was German. However, no one else had any German in them. Everybody else is English. So my genetic background came back 95% from Britain. <laughs> and then like, and that's how genes work. Yeah, and like and then I got like like 1% Irish, 1% German Scandinavian, um 1% uh I think they refer to it as Caucasoid, but essentially lower middle eastern, which is everybody gets that one cuz yeah, everybody gets that one. Um <laughs> But, yeah, actually, when I got my test results back, I made shepherd's pie for dinner. You get a caucasoid gene. You get a caucasoid gene. Yeah, essentially. Um, So, um, 
and like trying to explain to my mom. But yes, I understand grandma was German. <laughs> However, no one else is. Um, and also, a lot of people have complained, saying, oh no, I know that everybody in my family is from this area, and it says we're half this. Well, yeah, if your whole family comes from France, they probably wouldn't talk about ancestry. Mm-hmm. Because they probably had to hide that. So that's probably become one of the family secrets that got lost two generations later. Well, and there's so much stuff that happens, like, in, in, in a family's history that, uh, you know, people who think that they know everything, they don't really know. Exactly. And, you know, it's, 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 it's very interesting, and I know that it's become uh, controversial, especially um, because uh, certain First Nation tribes and, and American yeah. Indian tribes have, have started utilizing this, and that's caused a lot of upset. Yeah, um, and so uh, DNA works, um, is a lot more complicated than Mendelian Punnett squares. Um, mm-hmm. So you can't just line stuff up in a tic-tac-toe board. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more complicated. For humans, for peas, that's totally fine. But for <laughs> humans, it's a lot more complicated. Alrighty. For the science fair, for this podcast, I just brought a volcano. I hope it's <laughs> yeah. That's all I did. And my mom made it. I brought some what you call fruit flies. <laughs> I could actually go on a lot about fruit flies. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it was, I think we've covered everything, yeah? I think so. Yeah, I think so. All right, so... Let's start off with our guest. What was your favorite scene? Oh, it was definitely Sarah and Helena on the phone. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Matt? Uh, For me, it was Donnie and Allison exhuming the body and then finding (laughs) Ellis Leakey's head and being like, oh, oh, no, I can't look at it. (laughs) That's great. Great Uh, comedy. Loved it. That's good. I'm going to go with the Donnie and Helena show with the cops. I thought that was pretty good. That was really good. Um, Janet? I like the scene with um, where um, Kasim is first telling, well, you know, it starts at the beginning and Donnie's looking in Allison's mouth and then Allison's asking some questions while she's like rinsing her mouth out. And, <laughs> yeah. And you can see you can see the wheels turning in Allison's head as she's thinking, you know, oh, you need a you need a sample of this maggot. And then and it goes back and forth between her and Donnie and Don, you know, she's her wheels are turning and then Donnie's kind of slowly getting there too and he knows what she what she's going to do. They're going to exhume the body. I thought uh. that was great the way they flipped between the two of them. Yeah, that was that was great. Um I it Donnie's confession to Kasima. That was good. Um, yeah, that was good. Cuz he was trying to do it so passively and just sweep it under the rug and get to the point that listen, we have Alice Leaky's head and there's a worm in it, come pick it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that was the whole point. All like, of our favorite scenes come from the same house. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, because that was the important house this episode. Um, 
Yeah, that just, oh my god. <laughs> that just cracks me up. Okay, um, Nutty, do you have a quote? Oh, shoot. Pat, come back to me. <gasps> All right, Matt. Um, I've got Orphan Black quotes, but I, this is my third podcast of the day, and the first two, the first two I have used the same quote, so it's from Deadwood. I like to use it now just to keep the pattern going. Sure. Because <laughs> I, I use this on the Defenders podcast, and then I use this on Hooplecast. Well, what this is, sir, uh, yesterday I occasioned to fuck a woman after a considerable period of abstention. And that seems now to have thrown me unawares uh, into a fucking spasm of sex interest, which I fucking pray will be brief. All right. (laughs) Ed, you totally stole that plan from Other Matt. (laughs) Other Matt does that a lot, like, because he records Defenders and Hooplecast on the same day, and he'll use the different quotes on the different podcasts. He's he's done that like twice before. He should do it more often. And yeah. I'm fortunate that Nutty has seen the episode of Deadwood that I'm talking about, so she hopefully knows what I'm doing. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Great. I'm very happy that you weren't doing the whole like talking to the captain. <laughs> no, but Mel did that for her quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the this is an endorsement for Hooplecast. <laughs> the fact that I'm laughing so hard, you guys need to watch that show and listen to that podcast. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm lost. <laughs> so, okay, we'll just... Lynette, do you have a quote? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of fun listening to Nutty. Engine room. <laughs> this is the captain. We're <laughs> the fucking boiler. And a hard right rudder. Hello, the galley. Fucking Jeroboam with champagne to the bridge immediately. I have to pretend that I'm talking into the breast of a large titted whore. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, 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 there's a really a lot of really good quotes, but I'm going to go with Helena. Can I offer you some breads? <laughs> oh, that's so good. That one, was, that one was really, really good. Um, Janice? Okay, this is um, this is Donnie at the end of the scene where they're telling Cosima um, about the body. Sometimes stuff works out. Nutty? <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Do we have you back yet? Almost. Uh, uh, Matt did his. You do yours. I'll be there in just a minute. Okay. Um, mine is the look on Cosima's face. <laughs> When Donnie is giving his confession and just her complete and utter flabbergast of just, I, what, I, uh, you killed me. Like, you could see her brain just physically stop functioning. She's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, that was, I'm going to go ahead and use that as my quote. Yeah. Um, So, I have, I have to decide between the funny and the heartbreaking. Do both. Um, so of the two funnies, I'm going to pick this one. Um, Donnie, why do we have to tell her where it came from? Let's just tell her we procured it. And maybe we should let it slide out. <laughs> She's a scientist and a lesbian. She's not going to let it slide. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> exactly. Which is just so Allison. 
And the heartbreaking one is, I don't want my babies to grow up and be like me. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, that, was, that was good. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. No, Helene, I want to love you. <laughs> Mm. I do. I will rub it. So, Matt, do you want to throw us off in black? I do. I have now. Okay, this is uh, Allison and Donnie. Now, go rent a jackhammer. Maybe we should just buy one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the other one I was going to quote. Oh, yeah. that's so good. And his and I love his attitude about it, but you could kind of see Allison like, oh, actually, oh, am I make this? <laughs> um. So, Nutty, do you have a favorite clone and non-clone? Hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with, as hard as it is not to pick Helena as my favorite clone, because I always want to pick her. Um, I'm actually going to pick Allison as my favorite clone, because I think she was just very cold and logical and awesome this episode. And for my favorite not-clone, I am going to pick Donnie. All right hysterical and the puking and the awesomeness. Although Art is a good runner-up. Art's always a good runner-up. Matt? I'm tempted to say Allison and Donnie, but for my clone, I'm going to go Rachel. I found her very interesting. uh, She was compelling. I I really want to know, you know, is she changing as a character? What's going on there? I was compelled by her story, so I would say Rachel, and then for non-clone, it will be Donnie. Donnie was hilarious, and and there's not too many non-clones on the show, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Net. Me? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I heard you say Net, and I wasn't sure. Yeah, you I, I, yeah. I, I, Sorry. I didn't hear the Lynn part, and I was like, I already did mine, so it's got to be Lynette. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You can call me that. I just didn't know if it meant me or, or Nutty. So, because like you know, I'm Nutty too, by the way. <laughs> I know. Well, we knew that. <laughs> just that's just for my my nieces and nephews, though. But that's okay. Mm. Anyway, I'll cut all that. I out thought you meant just your personality. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that fits too. Yeah. Yeah. No, my nickname is that Nut because they couldn't say my name. Yeah. And now my nickname is is uh, Gemined. Nice. Yeah, because my other granddaughter can't say my name either. Awesome. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the show. So Um, so I I guess, I don't know, both he and Art were were runners-up for my favorite non-clone, but I'm going to go with Donnie. And for my favorite clone, of course, Helena, because I just love the Donnie and Helena show. They're just fantastic. (laughs) Um, Janet? Um, yeah, I was thinking of picking Donnie and Allison, but I'll, I'll go with, uh, Rachel and, um, Charlotte. That's good. Okay. Um, so are we considering Charlotte and non-clone for this? Oh, good point. Yeah. Oh, cause the other person I was thinking was Ira, but he's a clone too. Um, hmm. Well, I can't pick Dr. Duncan because she she was terrible. Um, you know, <laughs> my my initial okay, my initial thing was to pick Donnie and Allison, so I'll just go with them. Okay, I think they were really funny. Um, I am going with my favorite clone is Rachel. Um, and 
it was because she was compelling and not devious. I picked her in the past because her deviosity uh, was just so unparalleled that I couldn't help but not pick her. Uh, but this time it was she was just so compelling, and I just I just wanted to see so much more of her. I just want to know everything now. Um, and my favorite non-clone is our uh, knight in shining black armor, Ferdinand. <laughs> Ferdinand. Because he sure as heck ain't a white knight. <laughs> Ooh, if he's a black knight, does that mean that Helena's going to do to him what happened to the black knight in uh, Monty Python? Yes, actually, that was what was playing <laughs> in my head. A flesh wound. Because if you cut Fernand's arm off, he would literally be like, it's a flesh wound. Um, <laughs> Alright, so, Nutty, what's your rating? I am going to give this 9 out of 10 beholder sweaters. Uh, Alright. Uh, Matt? I like this one quite a lot because we got to go to the Hendrickson household and there was an what's it, what's it, exhumation is that the word? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of of a body which was hilarious. Although I will say the cops showing at the showing up at the same time was a bit of a stretch. I really enjoyed all of the Rachel scenes and also seeing the Ira. I was a little afraid that we wouldn't see any caster clones this season, and that would have made the entire caster plotline completely irrelevant and stupid and a waste of time. Glad that's not the case. So overall, I would say this was pretty solid. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 slimy skeletons. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um... I didn't like this one as much. I mean, I liked a lot of what happened. I liked a lot of the, you know, individual scenes and stuff. They're pretty good. But for the overall feel, I didn't really care for it that much. It felt more like all set up, set up, set up. But I know we have to have one of these in every season, but it just didn't thrill me all that much. And uh, I'm not real fond of things in eyes and, and, you know, things in your cheek. And I definitely do not like Dennis at all. So I'm going I'm to give it a 7.5. Really frightening dental instruments. <laughs> All right. Uh, Janice? Yeah, I, there are a lot of good scenes in this episode, but there are also things I didn't like. I don't like, um, I, I just feel like they're twisting and turning things a little bit too much, and I, and I don't like it. Maybe it'll turn out, you know, great, and it, it'll be a good season, but I, I'm suspicious. Um, I don't like Felix's sister. I don't, you know, I don't like the way Sarah's acting. Um, so I'm going to give it eight out of ten Adam's ribs. Mm, nice. <sighs> Sorry. Damn it, Janice. <laughs> Sorry. There's more. <laughs> why, why damn it, Janice? Because I took her rating system. For oh. the third week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Next three for three, Janice. Next week I'm going before three. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, when I first watched this episode, I was kind of laid flat by it, um, and I actually had originally gave it a seven. But after talking about it, um, we did learn a lot, and there was a lot of really good stuff. And um, Matt made a really good point about Caster. 
um, that if we hadn't seen any more cast or clones, it would have made last season incredibly worthless. Um, and I guess you're right about that. Even though um, I would have been fine with just reference or information about Caster, not necessarily seeing one. Um, but really good point. Um, so that, and talking about the episode and all the stuff that happened, um, I've changed it to an 8 out of 10 weird Kara dreams. Um, so, Janice, feedback? Yes. We do. This is from Harold. I don't have too much to say about this one. It seemed like it was a setup episode. I just have a few notes. I don't trust Felix's newly discovered sister. In quotes. Is it time to break out a new hashtag? Hashtag save Charlotte. I'm glad that Ferdinand is back. I was afraid that he was going to be lost on that island of characters who are now on other shows. I guess... <laughs> I guess one of the benefits of a freaky leaky eye is that it can generate tears, something that Rachel's human eye can't do. My favorite scene was Donnie and Allison on Skype with Kasima. I'm a criminal defense attorney, and when I ask my clients what happened, a lot of them sound a lot like Donnie. (laughs) (laughs) Focusing on important stuff like the windshield wipers, not the murder. I give this 8 out of 10 decomposing freaky leaky heads. All right. And then we actually just got some feedback um, on the Facebook page. So I'll go ahead and read that. Um, From Val Pass. Just some quick, quick thoughts. So spoilers if you guys haven't seen the app yet. Kira is getting creepy. Not loving that. Not sure if I'm into Felix finding his birth family stuff. I enjoy Felix, but his scenes with his birth sister, or so she says, kind of pulled me out of the episode. I just didn't have a big interest in his conversation with her. And she was so in your face during that scene when we were first introduced to her. So much gagging going on in this episode. Sarah at the dental place. I gag easy if I get dental work, so I would be freaking out if I had that metal contraption on my face. Kudos to Tatiana for that scene. And Donnie and Allison digging up Leaky. Man, I can only imagine the rank smell emanating from his corpse. Favorite quote is Allison. Christ on a crab cake. She has the funniest (laughs) saying. She's kind of like the G-rated version of Deborah Morgan. So thank you, Val and Harold, for your feedback this week. And Nutty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When is Val going to be on the podcast? Uh, Val didn't... That's a good question. She didn't request to sign up this year. Val! How can I live without hearing another Long Islander on a podcast? Come on. Um, So, I believe that is it for... Ow. That was a really big kick. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Should, well, we, we, should ha- we mention that Victor DeGrand didn't know what a torch was last last week? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he posted on the, the Facebook page that uh, he had no idea that a torch was a flashlight and was wondering why Sarah wanted to put, like, fire in her mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, he says, uh, my first thought was, you just burned down the place in Iceland. What are you going to do now? <laughs> hmm. So, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I caught on to that a while ago, but apparently I watch, well, I'm a little bit of an Anglophile, so I guess it would make sense for me to know that. But yeah, that was, that was funny because I could just imagine Victor thinking Sarah was going to shove a fire, <laughs> fire, like, and I know he was thinking like the old, like, torch and pitchfork. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, like, trying to shove that in her mouth, like. Or maybe he was thinking she was speaking metaphorically because she was so upset or something. And yeah. yeah. So. I can tell you how my my mind went when she said that line. It was a torch. Why the hell would she need a, oh, wait, torch means flashlight. And she's British. Oh, that's clever. Like, that's how <laughs> my, that's, that was my thought process. But it took me about, you know, 40 seconds or so before I understood what she was saying. My thought process was Victor said he didn't know what a torch was. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's what she called it. Having Shane uh, stay with me for a week, by the way, uh, every now and then there would be odd things like that. I always knew Torch just from watching like British comedies and so forth. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, he's he's just like, uh, where's your kitchen roll? My what? Oh, that makes sense, actually. Paper towel. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and there were just like little things. And we're like, oh, right. Okay, that your white, that your, white, your, your kitchen roll. Yeah, kitchen, kitchen roll. roll, paper towel. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was just like there were a couple. I of think things, ours like, makes more sense because you can use paper towels in any room of your house, not just the kitchen. Yeah, but it. But you, know, you keep it in the kitchen. Make, yeah. And uh, and there was something that he had said, and I can't remember exactly, but it was he meant saving a spot. And it sounded completely like a different thing. And I can't remember what he used, but it was just like, wait, what? And we had to have a whole conversation about it. It was like, oh, okay, I totally didn't understand what you were telling me before. (laughs) Okay, at my baby shower yesterday, I said something about queuing up. Mm. And a bunch of people just looked at me and I was like, lining up? (laughs) Get get in line, maybe? The the more... I think British like colloquialisms and expressions and terms that you know, the more you want to use them, I think to assert your kind of interests over. Well, it was, it was just, um, lesser people, if you will, (laughs) ignorant people. A friend of mine was, uh, taking pictures and there was a, like something that I wanted, like a person I wanted in the next group shot. And so I was getting everybody in line so that we could just kind of shuffle through really quick. And I was like, all right, everybody, queue up over here. And then and everybody looked at me. I was like, get in the queue. Line up. Oh, here's another one. This one's actually really funny. I just remembered. And um, so I asked Shane what he did before he was a politician. And he's like, oh, I was a band man. I'm, like, I'm sorry, you were what? <laughs> because in my head, when he said band man, I'm picturing a white van that says free candy on the side. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm uh, no, Matt, apparently Matt he was Lovejoy. <laughs> What he, was he? He was Lovejoy. He his job was running errands and delivering things in a van. That's not what Lovejoy does. Lovejoy identifies antiques. He's a van man. He moves stuff around. He gets things sold. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's about to defend Lovejoy now. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. All right. So this has been Clone Dance Party, the episode of Tangents. <laughs> Um, sorry there was wine involved and no i totally understand um i learned from doing slayer i'm not allowed to drink a podcast (laughs) 
Um, especially right now, but just in general also, it's probably best that I don't drink a podcast. Probably. Um, so we will meet you all next week for episode season four, episode four. Yes. For from indistinct to rational control with um, our uh, Sandra. Yes, Sandra. not me. Sandra. <laughs> with our Sandra, who has like 25 last names that I can't remember. All right, you guys. All right. Okay, bye. 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 Awesome. Join us for the Bycast, a podcast by and for the bisexual community. We discuss and give voice to all of us under the big umbrella, bringing you information, news, entertainment, and support for all. You can find us at thebycast.org, at thebycast on Twitter, thebycast on Tumblr, and bycast in iTunes. Visit the Bycast page on Facebook and see how you can join the Facebook group. And remember, you're not wrong, and you're not broken, and you are not alone. So pull up your favorite comfy chair and relax. And remember, everybody gets a cookie. Mm-hmm.